0: the nature of your emergency. Welcome back to the Tactical Living Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Walton, joined by Detective Walton. Clint, how are you? I'm good. You were just showing me all of these videos of a mounted patrol training that you guys recently did, Mm -hmm. and You brought in the SWAT team, and it was probably one of the coolest trainings that you guys have had.
1: Yeah, apart from the cold and rain and snow that we were dealing with, it was a really good training.
0: Yeah, that looks fun. In today's episode, I wanted to talk about something that I don't think any of us have even heard of or even considered before, and that is the Gollum effect, and why parents, spouses, and employers need to know about it. So just sit back, relax, and enjoy today's content. I read a post and it was one of those where somebody posts a question and then they take the answer from Twitter that's like the best answer and then they paste the two alongside one another. So it looks like that question goes best with that answer. You know uh-huh. what I mean? And the question was, what was the biggest thing that you learned when joining the workforce?
1: You know, and that's a really good question. It's, there's so much that... I've learned overall, but I think re- responsibility overall is is probably the most key to that because you have to show up to work on time. You have to be there the entire day, and, and it's just that responsibility throughout your life that was established.
0: Yeah, and I think that would be a common response, but the one that got pulled up in terms of the best response was a gentleman who said the thing that nobody is supposed to say, and here he said that workers get punished with more work because of the bad workers.
1: And that's very true. I, I hadn't thought even that thought was of that. so true. Mm-hmm.
0: And it reminded me of the Gollum effect. I don't remember where I picked this up, but if you're not familiar, it's a psychological phenomenon. And basically there are lower expectations placed upon individuals, either by the supervisors or even parents or even on the individual themselves, and then that leads to poor performance by the individual. So it it goes in tandem with this answer, meaning that if you have Clint, and he's a, a solid worker, but you have John, and John just sucks, right? He's the guy nobody wants to be partnered up with. Then everybody is going to already know that about John, and maybe there's been repercussions, right? Maybe he's been talked to by his supervisors before, But there's always those two dichotomies within the workplace. And I started to think about how this exists within every relationship unit, whether we're talking about your intimate relationship with your partner, whether we're talking about a unit at home with the kids. Like, Clinton, you only had you and one sibling. Mm -hmm. I have five brothers. But in using this example, I'm thinking about how there were certain expectations placed on each of us that perhaps weren't quite equal.
1: Yeah, and I and as soon as you say that I was the john of between me and my brother where I got away with not having to do as much and and because I had allergies and asthma and all this and my brother still to this day harps on it that he was punished with all the extra yard work and all the extra work around the house where I just got away with it cuz I was the baby.
0: And I think we've talked about this before when it comes to the workplace, and I had argued the importance of doing your job well, but not over-exceeding the expectations of your job analysis. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is because as soon as you're that person who decides to start picking up some of the slack of other, other employees, perhaps picking up the slack of your supervisor, I've been guilty of this. I was performing in many capacities the, the work criteria of that of a physician when it was not only against the law, <laughs> it was not only not my responsibility, right? I shouldn't have been reading x-rays and then making my own judgments on referrals and things like that. But when we start doing that, the expectations of what we ought to be doing starts to heighten. And usually that will lead to things like burnout, It will lead to things like not feeling appreciated because the accommodations that come on the backside of that aren't typically the rewards that one should receive in terms of things monetarily or even praise and things like that. And I think that's a really important component when we flip it around on the other side and we actualize the low expectations that we place on individuals and how low performing they will be because of it.
1: You know, and, and it's something that I think with any career, you have that, that kind of same relationship and, and, and I'm definitely guilty of it. Like I take on way too much work. It's easier for me just to say, okay, I'll do it. I don't feel like I can sit here and argue with this person and say, get it done, get it done, get it done. Or I could suspend 10 minutes and do it myself. But then that becomes a common practice. And the only person I'm hurting with that is myself.
0: Yeah. It doesn't give other people a chance to build on initiative, a chance to grow and a chance to learn. So when you think of it in that aspect, it's really a disservice to those that we're working with, but pulling this into the relationship or into the marriage, I think all too often we get comfortable with the expectations that have naturally been created in particular in a long-term relationship that it becomes almost this paradigm of like a does all of this and b does this right Mm -hmm. it's like the 80 20 rule rule starts to apply
1: Mm -hmm. and and yeah and and in long-term relationships and work relationships like it it's true in absolutely everything that we do on a daily basis. And it's trying to figure out that balance. So one person doesn't take on too much of that burden, but, and I would have to say it comes upon that other person to say, like, can you do this? Or in the same instance as that person actually, who's not doing as much step up and just start doing it.
0: Yeah. And also I think, identifying things that work for you, that might not fit the conventional mold. Mm -hmm. And this might sound silly, but having being married for 15 years, Clint having the demanding career that he has, leaving me, you know, we did the math, I did the math last year and I'm alone 80% of my life. So with that, I have to do most of the things. Yeah. However, the thing that works for us, the thing that works for me, is to make Clint a list. Clint is very tired in what little time that he has when he is home. It is, nearly, it is nearly impossible for me to assume that he is going to just naturally do things that I think he should do when he's home. So the way to combat the angst of that is to pretend like I'm a mother
1: <laughs>
0: and to make Clint a chore list. And no matter how silly that might sound, and I don't mean it in a demeaning way. If I make a list 100%, if Clint sees that list sitting on the counter, he will execute on every single one of those items.
1: Yeah. And it's something that it works for us and it works for me because especially doing the stuff that we do in law enforcement, you you get to that state of mental drained mentality where it's not that you don't want to do it. It's just you're not even thinking of it, or you're still thinking of work, or you're still thinking of, I still have to do X, Y, Z. And then, then you're just like, I just want to sit and do nothing. And you're not thinking of what I need to do around here to take care of my home life. You're thinking still of that work concept. And it's important to get out of that mindset.
0: And I think as a wife, if I don't practice that golem effect and understand that if I don't show you expectations that I have of you as a husband, like what is the point of you and I? Yeah. That is where you no longer have a healthy codependency in a relationship, but that's when we start to hear the endless amount of people that have told me that their relationship feels more like roommates.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's something that I think... It's that communication, like we've talked about numerous times before. It's having that open line of communication and not just sitting back seeing if the other person is going to do it or not, but work together, figure out how you can counteract that.
0: Yeah. And I remember, you know, I'm not a parent, but I remember I never had an issue with my folks when it came to Ashley, you need to clean your room. I've always been very meticulous in that regard, but the boys on the other hand, All of us had chores that we had to do. We grew up in a home where we had allowance and things like that. And I can't imagine the chaos and the disgust that would have been my brother's rooms if there wasn't that expectation of them cleaning it. And we were never, never once would you have seen a dirty dish inside of our bedrooms. And there were tasks that we had to do that were expected of us. And as we grew older, those expectations also grew. And I think that's an important concept to apply to all of our relationships, in particular if you're a parent, but also if you are in a relationship. And then to do a cross-analysis of how you're performing in the workplace and maybe start to assess the people around you and how they're performing too. And simply understanding this concept can really change the game when it comes to creating strategies and tactics that actually start to make you feel like you're being worthy of the things that you're contributing, which is important for all of us. So I think you've got, I hope that you've gotten some value out of today's episode. If you have, do us a favor, drop a review, subscribe down below. And as always, know that I'm sending you a long, tight hug from my home to yours.